Welcome to part one of our series entitled, I Love My Church. This is probably one of the funnest series that we do because some of you are going to help me preach this sermon. And I don't mean that you're coming up on stage, but you're going to hear from some people in the church whose lives have been completely transformed by the love of God. Two words God's given us for this church. It's hope and it's healing. Hope for tomorrow and healing from yesterday. And that's all found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We love transformation stories, don't we? I mean, transformation stories are like really big right now on social media, television. We just all love a good story. And here's what we love about it. We love seeing the before picture next to the after picture because we look at that story and we think, man, that, that gives me motivation. If they can do it, so can I. And so here's what we do. We get all motivated come January. We get a gym membership. We roll into the gym. We're not even really sure what to do. We're looking around at contraptions and machines and, and free weights. And there's some people that do this kind of stuff. Like, the, you ever seen anybody do this? They grab something and they lift it. They just go, whoo, whoo, and they just pose. You ever seen that person? You just, whoo, whoo. I do that. I don't even have any weights. I just, and I hold it. I hold it. <laughs> and people are looking around at you crazy because you're not really sure how to maneuver things and what to do in the gym. And there's all kinds of stuff. People are dieting. People are trying to, trying to lose weight and get them in shape. And there's Pilates and there's like yoga. I'm just thinking like, man, if you're a guy, how are you going to beat somebody up if you're really good at yoga? Like, hey, back up or I'll stretch, all right? Back, just back up. You don't, want, you don't want me to picture myself in a relaxing setting, so just back up. <laughs> I don't, I don't do yoga. I go hard at the gym. I know you can tell. I go hard at the gym. I bench hard, man. I, I just, I bench as much as I can. Right now I'm benching somewhere around 350. <clears throat> about 350 is what I bench. And uh, yeah, I'm benching about, about 350 and then I'm gone by four o'clock. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But today I want you to understand how <laughs> some of you just got that. I think that there's a lot of us in the room that know what the, what it feels like to see somebody else's transformation taking place. And we're just kind of sitting on the couch watching. For instance, my wife and I were at a hotel. And um, we were watching this P90X infomercial. And if you've ever seen this, it's super motivating. People's transformation is taking place before your very eyes. My wife and I are watching this infomercial of transformation. I felt really bad, man. We're sitting on the, on the bed with like a plate full of chocolate chip cookies. I'm just, I'm eating cookies like, you go. You, you, you get yours and you do you. And there's, there's so many of us that look at other people and we're motivated for a moment and we're not really motivated to take a step. I'm praying today in this series you can hear the stories of transformation and that you take a step in believing that if it happened for them, God can do it for you. Amen, everybody. So I want you to go on a journey for the next four Sundays as we all do this because transformations physically, are in, they're incredible. And you talk to people who have this physical transformation, they say, man, I feel like a new person. I feel like a whole new world is up and up for me. It's awesome when you have a physical transformation. Today, though, I want to talk to you about people and show you stories of people who've had a spiritual transformation. And I want you to sit back and relax. And I want you to understand the impact you've had as a dream team, as a church, by you praying, serving, and giving the impact and eternal difference that you've had on people's lives as we do this for people. Because all through the years of 13 and a half years of our church, I can't really believe it. We started this church with 22 people. Can you imagine that? Now there's over 3,000 people and so many people call this church their home. And, and we, we count every Sunday. Here's why. Because every number represents a soul. 
Every number represents a story. And I want you to hear some of the stories that God has totally transformed right here in this church because of you, because of the dream team. Here's a great verse. Let's start off with this. Look in your notes, everybody. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said, I will build my church. My church is possessive. And he says, even the gates of Hades will not be able to prevail against it. Here's what you need to know. It's the local church that is the hope of the world. Say that with me. The local church is the hope of the world. One more time, nice and loud, everybody together. The local church is the hope of the world. God's plan to reach planet Earth is the local church. And I believe with all of my heart, there's a place for you. Here's something that Jesus said in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, where Paul is writing about Jesus. And he says this, that Christ is the head of the church. It's his body. Like the church is the body of Christ. And then he goes on to say that he's the savior of the church. Okay, let me ask you a question. If Jesus birthed the church and then turned around and gave his life for the church, how many think that the church is probably pretty important to Jesus, right? It's super important to Jesus. It's the only thing he ever built. And he wanted us to have a place where we can do life together. Let me ask you a question. Why do you go to church? Some of you might say, I go for worship, man. I, I want to worship God. I want the music. I love the worship music. Well, that's not really entirely true. That, I don't mean that you don't love it, but you don't come here just for that because you can worship by yourself. You say, I come for the word, man. I, come, I want to hear the word, preach the word. That's probably not entirely true either because you can do that at home. You can go online and listen to all types of great sermons. The only thing you cannot do alone, listen to me, is love. Jesus created the church for a place so that we can serve each other, we can get equipped, but that we can love each other. I remember one time I was baptizing a young woman, and just before I baptized her, she turned to me and she said, thank you for loving me back to God. I lost it, man. Tears start streaming down my face. But I'm thinking that's what this church did for her. That's what this dream team did for her. I'm telling you, Jesus has a love language, and it's people. God knows how much you love him by how you treat people. And I know some of you are like, I want another test because people sometimes aren't the easiest to love and the easiest to serve and be around. But that is the test. Jesus knows how much you love him by how you treat people. And I want you to love your church. I want you to love the fact that we serve people. I want you to be gripped by everything that we do to reach people who are far from God, to bring them near to God so they can find hope and healing in Jesus Christ. And today, I want you to sit back and I want you to watch as we look at a story, a great story of a couple who were totally transformed by the love of Jesus right here in this church. One of the things I love about our church is that it's filled with stories and stories never get old. I love hearing the stories of grace and redemption and, and hope and healing. And we're about to listen to a story. It's an amazing story of Stephen and Alicia. They've been coming to our church now for a few months and their lives have been totally rocked by the love of God here at this church. So I can't wait for you to hear their story. It's gonna be amazing. Let's do it. Let's go, let's go. Fellowship Church Home Invasion! What's up? Do you love your church? Love the church. 
Are you, do you love surprises like this? This is insane. Your kitty almost attacked me outside. She attacks everybody. She is a lioness. Come on in, everybody. Steven and Alicia, thank you so much for taking time with us. Uh, it just means so much to me for you to share your story with our church. I know you guys love your church. You've been coming for months now. I don't even think it's been quite a year. No. But in that short amount of time, I've understood that everything has changed. And I'd like for you just to take us back and tell us where you were before Fellowship Church, before you had God in your life. Well, first off, me and, uh, me and Alicia, we've been together since I was 13, she was 14. Her parents uh, struggled with uh, drug abuse. By the time we were 17, we had our first child. Coming from a abusive childhood or life like that, you don't know how to be husband and wife. You only know what you are shown how to be. When I got diagnosed with hip dysplasia and my ability to walk and things started changing and um, I was unable to, you know, do housework or be a mother and be a wife productive the way that I would want to do. Um, in the middle of that, you know, life still went on. We still had our marriage. We started taking on, um, we have three adopted children. And I learned how to live um, with this disability, but it destroyed us. It destroyed our marriage. Um, when we came to the fellowship, we were literally so desperate that we knew that if this didn't work, that we were going to divorce. Just in December, I mean, you and me were talking calmly. And that was a scary thing, was we were talking calmly about divorce. In the middle of all this, I'm, I'm doing my apprenticeship. I'd be driving home. You know, I have you know, a beautiful wife and healthy kids, and I would just be driving home just feeling empty. Moved to Antioch in 2014, and I thought that that, that change, that location change, oh, everything's gonna be all right after that. Everything's gonna be good. And then I'm gonna finish school, and everything's gonna be great. And uh, I finished school. Obviously, we moved. Nothing changed. And uh, it wasn't until we came to church that I finally realized, and I've heard you say this a million times, Sean, is uh, nothing in this life will ever satisfy. Not drugs, sex, money. Nothing in this life is going to make you happy like Jesus is going to make you happy. I was just depressed all day. She was up in the room and we were just eating dinner by ourselves and it was just, just sadness. It's hard for me because my kids don't understand. You know, and I would have to be upstairs laying down after he got home and the kids, if I would feel good enough to come down and eat dinner with them at the table, they would be like, yay, mommy is gonna eat with us. You know, and it broke my heart because just the desperateness of not being able to give them what they need and us to show them what it's like to be a family. You just feel like there is just no hope. Before this, we were, we were lost and we had nothing to look forward to. It's very hard to do things alone. And you feel like, well, why don't I have this support? Or why don't I have somebody to talk to? You know, it was just me and him, always by ourselves with the kids and going through life and dealing with all these things emotionally and between our relationship and kids and not having anybody to reach out to. And the fellowship gave us that. We were always thought we were strong because we were like, oh, we're gonna do this on our own. We're gonna do this on our own. I remember saying that all the time. Like, we don't need anybody else. And uh, 
wrong. <laughs> you're definitely you're wrong. And uh, just the support and the love that we've gotten since we came to fellowship is just, it's unreal. Write this down in your notes, that the church is a place to belong. It's a place to belong. That God wants you to move from being an attender to a belonger. And matter of fact, let me just say this, you belong before you even believe. Some of you don't really believe that. You belong before you believe. You belong here. God has a plan for you. And I can prove it because Jesus walked up to Matthew, who was a tax collector, a crook, and a cheat, and he said, hey, you'd make a great addition to my team. Let me tell you, God has a place for you in his house. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. Look, and you know, it's the Bible says that he, Jesus, preached peace to those who were far away, and also he preached peace to those who were near. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. And also, read this out loud with me, everybody together, members of his household. He has a household. It's called his church. And all of us can, can relate to Steve and Alicia to some degree because they were, they were hopeless, man. They were lost. They were struggling with depression. They felt hopeless and unfulfilled. And let me ask you a question. Where do you go? When you feel this way, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You run to God. You run to the church. But you need somebody to tell you about the church. So I had a hysterectomy on November 4th of last year. It was a shift change and I got Lorelai. And she came who in. Who goes to fellowship church. Who goes to fellowship. And we started talking a little bit and she, she reaches over and she tells me, I have to ask you, invite you to come to our church, the fellowship. I remember when we first came in with all the kids, um, seeing everybody and how welcoming everybody was, it was a little bit kind of intimidating to have people that we don't know be so nice to us and so caring. <laughs> we, were, we were just not used to that at all. That's not the lifestyle we grew up in. People aren't just friendly because, yeah. you know? And so we were like, wow, like, look at all these people. Like, I think I shook like, like 50 hands yeah. before I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so we sat down and we heard your sermon, Healthy Kids. Healthy series, yeah. And we thought, looked at each other and thought to ourselves, like, like, who is this guy? Like, this is not a normal pastor. Like, he is <laughs> telling jokes. This is like fun. This is like, this is nothing yeah. we're used to seeing at church. And it just hit home with us. Because it felt we were like you were speaking. Speaking like right to us. And I was to like, our situation. This is insane. And so after that, um, we immediately signed up to go through Girl Track, and um, we were just so desperate that we would have did anything to save this, because we truly love each other, and we love what we have had a vision since we were young that we want more for, for our lives and for our children's life. We didn't know what that meant, and I think that this whole time we've been kind of searching for that, and I think that we found it now. Um, so our first night at small group, there was um, six other couples, and it was with Zach and Paige, and it was life, and it was great, you know, and um, Paige said, is there any prayer request? The next day was our first doctor's appointment for this new hip surgeon, and we had been through about 15 other doctors, and all of them would refuse to give me a hip replacement because I'm so young, and I refused to accept that because... I am young and this is my quality of life now and I want um, to be able to be up with my kids and things so we were you know Paige had asked if there was any prayer requests and I just kept feeling like I need to 
asked for this. Finally, right when I could see Paige was going to move on, I said, I do. And uh, <laughs> she was like, okay. And, you know, we kind of, that was the first time that we really um, told anything about our personal life to the group. The next day, uh, we went to the doctor's appointment and we're sitting there. I mean, we're feeling like this is everything. If this doctor doesn't do it, like we don't know where else to go. I mean, we've been through so many doctors. Like, are we really going to have to live with this? said, please God, make him say yes, you know, no questions asked, just that exactly happened. He, he said, I think you've, you've done all these other surgeries. He said, I think what's next is the hip replacement. He even asked, you know, we didn't even say a word. He just said, that's, yeah. it was just, it was just, it was just given amazing. to us. And, uh, so your small group have prayed the night before, the next day, you've been waiting for this for how many years? Five years. Five years. Over. 15 doctors, no one would do this for us. When the doctor left the room, I mean, we just looked at each other and we just started crying. You know, and so when we went back and we told our small group, I mean, they've been with us. When you go through a small group, it's not just about, you know, going and, and talking. It, you built something in that. It's a family. The small group and the retreat is what changed our lives forever. We gave our life to Jesus at Fellowship Church. Um, we went to the growth track, um, we got baptized, we joined a small group, we started, we started serving, baptized. our children got baptized, our babies got dedicated. And now I, I can't explain to you the change that God has made in our family. I mean, we just changed us from the inside out. December, we're talking about divorce, come to the fellowship in January, and then life's changed. and. April, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Um, I feel like God has given us just a new start. A new start. We're doing our own small group. Come on. And it's going to be life because it changed us so much that we just have this heavy feeling on our heart that we just need to do the same. We're the Cordobas. Write this in your notes, everybody, that you never know who's one invitation away. You never know who's one invitation away. Luke chapter 14, verse 23 is a great verse. Jesus is telling a story and he's telling everybody, go invite everybody, bring them in. Then the master said to his servants, go out into the roads, into the country lanes, compel them to come in. Read this out loud, everybody together, so that my house will be full. God wants his house to be full. And our church has been full, and that's why we've added this fourth service, to make room for those who aren't here yet. Our heart has never been just to be us four and no more. Our heart is always to reach others, always to reach people. And Steve and Alicia, thank God for this church and for you because you were willing to make room for one more. One invitation changed everything for this family. One invitation. They came and they found a place to belong Steve actually said this. He says, we've never been loved like this before. We weren't even sure how to, how to respond and receive this type of love before, like this before because we've never experienced it. And God's heart is that. It's that. He wants us to, to be his conduit so that other people can sense the love of God. And speaking of the early church, it's important to understand that we do life together. They found a small group. They did life together. Acts chapter 5 verse 22 says that they were doing life and they, every day they met in the temple, that's big church, and then from house to house, that's small groups. 
And small groups are kicking off this week, and I want everybody to join one, to, to go try one, because you'll never know what life is like until you're doing it God's way. And today, Jesus has healed their marriage, He's healed their family, He's restored hope, He's answered prayers, and th- get this, now they're leading the very small group that rescued them. I love that. I love the fact that they are now turning it around because they want other people to experience the same love that they received when they first came here. And at some point, everybody, at some point, we have to, just like Steve and Alicia, understand that we have purpose on our life. God has a purpose for your life, and it's not just so you can sit, soak, and sour. It's so that you can can make a difference in somebody else's life. Get on the dream team, and we're created to do that. And we invite people to church and we, we kind of say this a lot, like, don't come alone. You need, to, you need to understand how many people are out there that need what you have. So take the invite cards on your chair, pass them out this week, get somebody here next week, because you never know who's one invitation away. And here's the truth. Look, you'll never understand what this church is about if you just come for you. Here's when you know what this church is about. When you bring somebody in here who's hurting and broken, and they raise their hand and they give their life to Jesus, that's when you'll know. When they get restored and their life is completely transformed, that's when you say, oh, now I understand what this church is all about. And we're going to help you and your friends four ways. We do Sundays. We want people to know God. Write that down in your notes. It's Sundays. 95% of people that make a decision to follow Christ do so on a Sunday at church. And so we want to gear Sundays to where people can, it can, can come in and enjoy the service and make it a decision for Christ. Secondly, we want people to find freedom. Well, that's our small groups, and they, again, launch this week. You can go to our website, thefellowshipchurch.com forward slash small groups, and go shopping. They start on Wednesday, so we have a couple days to shop, and then they start on Wednesday. And that's where you you develop relationship. That's where discipleship happens. And I want you to find some friends to do life with. And then number three, we want people to discover their purpose, that you're a 10 in some area, You may not be a tenant in every area, but we as a church want to help you find out what makes you unique and set you loose in your passion. Well, that's our growth track, and that happens every Sunday except fifth Sunday, but uh, during our our, our service, second service, 1015 in the growth track room right next door. You, You don't even have to sign up. Just show up. We're ready for you. And then we want you, number four, to make a difference. We want you to make a difference to know what it feels like to, to change somebody else's life, to help God write a story. That's when you come alive. That's when depression begins to leave because you're no longer focusing on you. You're focusing on somebody else. Just like Steve and Alicia, they turn around and they said, listen, this, this small group rocked our world. We now want to turn around and be that conduit of grace for somebody else. God wants to give you a place to belong. Remember, you belong before you even believe. And our goal here is to provide a church that's enjoyable and powerful. I think, listen, it's what makes the news good. The Bible calls the good news the good news for a reason. It's good news. And we ought to just be excited about the love of God. We can have fun in church. You know, it doesn't have to be so stuffy. I know some of us grew up in a church where we didn't even really want to go. And you, you went to church and you left feeling worse than you came. That's not how church is designed. That's not what God's heart is for. I know some of you thought, man, I ought to get some extra credit for going to this church because I had to endure this service. 
Can I tell you, church should not be endured. It ought to be enjoyed. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? That's the, that's the heart of God. He wants church to be enjoyed. He wants it to be fun. David said this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Some of you growing up, you weren't glad when you were going to church. You were glad when it was over. <laughs> but we, it's partly because when we went to church, people were singing songs that they were lying about. Like people were mean and singing songs like this they're like i got the joy 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 down in my heart where (sighs) down in my heart where down in my heart (laughs) as a child you're growing up in that environment you're like listen man if you got the joy of the lord in your heart it's too deep because i can't see it and you need to let your face know come on everybody Jesus is enjoyable. His church ought to be too. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And there's people just like Steve and just like Alicia. They need what you have found in a relationship with Jesus. And they need what you found in this church. And I believe that God wants church to be enjoyable and powerful. So hashtag be the invitation. Hashtag seriously. Hashtag take those cards and pass them out to all of your friends this week. I know that's a long hashtag, but do it anyway. Because I believe that you never know who's one invitation away and one invitation could change somebody's life forever. Let's take a look at this next story. Oh, um, I can tell you that, you know, before coming to fellowship, I was more concerned with the status, a title, just having fun without even worrying about others, not worrying about who I would hurt. I started coming to fellowship four years ago by myself. Um, because I was missing something for me. And I think God worked amazingly in our lives by refocusing our whole household. You know, I I wish we would have seen the family before, the way we talked to each other. Nothing to us was happy. It was rough. Um, I didn't know if he would ever come to church. And I want something different for my kids. You know, so we totally didn't see eye to eye. And to me, I wanted my whole family to be there, to experience God together. And then I would invite him, but I never forced him either. And then slowly but surely, God worked it so all of us would come on a regular basis. One of the biggest deal, you know, that I see now where I was, was, um, you know, making any reason to stay home or any reasons to hang out with my friends was to yes you know to drink i would drink during baseball games after baseball games um you know every day after work um i would make uh, excuses not to go visit my parents not to hang out at you know family functions because i didn't want them to you know know that i was drinking every day or to just hide it from them. You know, that's where I was. You know, making stuff up so my kids, even though they knew what I was doing, you know, they would say, Dad, you know, you're sleepy, you're, you know, you look tired. It was something, it was a routine. It was an addiction. Or one of the reasons why I didn't want to come to church was that was Sunday. You know, I can be playing baseball, coaching baseball, watching football, and all those activities was with people that drank. At first, I said, you know, to my wife, to Maria, I was like, you know, I'll go to church. 
I went in and it's something that I've never seen before. Everybody was happy. So, you know, I said, okay, I done my deed and I'm just gonna go home now. The small groups came around. But as time went along, I started, you know, breaking walls. I, I don't know what it was. I was, I remember waking up in the morning and waking up smiling. Those brothers that went with me during the life retreat are brothers to this day. It was amazing, that transformation from being close and, you know, we don't share nothing to this is my life, guys. From Life Group, I, I learned to pray. You know, you have to pray intentionally for the people that you love. He's a totally different man. He never prayed for me before, now he does. I can call him and say, hey, well, can you pray for me? Um, that's something that he does now that he didn't do before. We've been married almost 16 years, and alcohol had always had a part in it, you know? He wouldn't have reached that place without the support of the people at church. After Life Small Group, I became um, involved a lot more in the church and because of those relationships that I formed after my small group and life uh, retreat because of them and because of the glory of Christ and this church I have stopped drinking 100% no medicine you know just cold turkey because of his greatness and his forgiveness our life is coming in order because he's the you know he's taking that role of being the man of the house again I know my place in my family. You know, I lead my family towards God. Every Sunday, every day that we wake up. We love it here. <laughs> I think it's um, when we miss one Sunday, it's like, oh, it's, you know, we dread the whole week until that Sunday comes. We look forward to it. We look forward to serving. Our kids serve here. Um, he's, you know, gaining that, um, time with our kids. We're the Cortez family and, and we, we love, love our, our church. The church is a place to belong and write this down. It's a place of grace. It's a place of grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace have you been saved through faith. Grace is giving you God's free gift, his unmerited favor that we didn't earn, we didn't deserve, we could never pay back. It was grace to us. And I love Will's story. I love his whole family story because Will said he was in isolation. He, he, was, he put on a facade. He put on a mask, which all of us have done and all of us have a mask. And we try to act like everything's all good outside of the home, but on the inside, we're falling apart. And maybe some of you can relate to this today. Well, look, I want you to look at this story and be encouraged. And you need a small group. You need a small group of people that can love you and do life with you and be in relationship with you. Here's how you can be healed, all right? James 5.16 says, Confess your faults, your sins, one to another. Pray for each other and you will be healed. That's God's equation. God has chosen to use the beauty of relationship for people to receive healing. He tried to do it on his own for years and years and years. And his family's falling apart. He's, he's in depression. But his wife never stopped praying. I love that. Don't ever stop praying for the ones you love. Don't pray intentionally. Don't stop praying because of discouragement or it's taking a long time. But he was stuck in addiction. 
He was stuck in hopelessness, but God reached right down where he was and showered Will with grace. And I'm telling you, this man is not the same man. He's not the same husband. He's not the same father. He's not the same. He's not the same God. He's totally been restored. His family's been restored. And it really is the fulfillment of 2 Corinthians 5. The Bible says this, that if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation, a brand new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. And that's what God did in Will. That's what God wants to do in you. Where Will found joy. He found a sense of belonging. He found family. And, And all of this is coming into order. His life is coming into order. Here's why. All because of the love of Jesus and this church that was willing to pour out the same grace on Will and his family that you and I received when we first walked in the door. Isn't that great, everybody? That we can, we can be a part of a church that's rewriting stories. Look at, look at me, everybody. Let's go make another story together. Can you imagine how many stories have yet to be written? Can you imagine how many, how many lives have yet to be restored? I want you to fall so deeply in love with Jesus. And I want you to fall so deeply in love with people that through the church we could turn around and use all of our gifts to help write somebody's story. Every Sunday is someone's first Sunday, and we want to do everything we can to write more stories of God's amazing, powerful grace. Look at this last verse. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you, that's you and me, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. His amazing grace in its various forms. That's why we love our church. Because it's a place to belong. It's a place of grace. And listen to me, everybody. You never know who's one invitation away. And I want all of us to know what it feels like to serve people, to be a part of someone's story, and then turn around and lay our heads down on our pillow and say, that's how you live a day. Connected to God and connected to purpose. Being willing to be used by God to reach others so their lives can be totally transformed.